Hi everyone, it's John. And Ben. And welcome back to Santa by the Minute, the podcast where we talk about 1985 Santa Claus the Movie. One minute at a time. And this episode is going to go live on a very special week. We are at the week of the 35th anniversary of Santa Claus the Movie. And it's and minute 35. Perfect. I know, I can't believe, we planned it out perfectly. It's not a coincidence whatsoever. <laughs> we did such a good job doing the math to ensure that we started this on Christmas 2, and it ended up being 35 minutes for the 35th anniversary. I mean, this was the year to start Santa Claus the Movie Minute podcast, if there ever was one. <laughs> so, of course, it opened in the United States November 27, 1985, which was a Wednesday. So it opened up the day before Thanksgiving of 85. You know, and a lot of people do go to the movies on Thanksgiving, so that probably worked out. So before we uh, dive into things, we actually have quite a bit of Santa Claus the movie-related stuff to talk about here at the top of the show. <laughs> First and foremost, you know, a couple weeks ago we informed you that Santa Claus the movie was no longer streaming on Crackle, but we are pleased to report that if you go to NBC's Peacock TV... You can watch Santa Claus the movie for free for the holiday season in the USA. I don't know where it's streaming overseas, but in the USA, it's jumped from Crackle to Peacock. Well, overseas, they don't need it to be streaming because everyone has a DVD of it over there. <laughs> and then secondly, we have also found out, thanks to Jack at Total Christmas Podcast, you may remember him, he joined us for a few minutes here on this podcast, we have an interview with him and a woman named Tilly who happens to run the place where Santa Claus's reindeer from Santa Claus the movie retired and lived out their life. Well, half of them anyway. <laughs> half of them moved into her area and they took care of them and they lived a wonderful rest of their life in retirement. Jack and Tilly, Tilly Smith, who is also the author of Velvet Antler's Velvet Noses, she talked a little bit about Santa Claus the movie Reindeer in that book and I have ordered the book so when that comes in and I'm able to read it, I'll give you a little bit more information from what she has said. But uh, she told Jack that the half of the reindeer went to her establishment and then the other half went to another establishment. So the two places that the reindeer went to were the Cairngorm, which is where Tilly is, and the Norfolk Wildlife Park. So they split them up. A lot. They have a handful of reindeer there that they specifically use for um, like event purposes. You know, like a, if a mall needs to have reindeer pulling in a Santa Claus for an event, they supply the reindeer for that type of thing. Like they're trained to to do that sort of thing, just like in the movie, basically. And she also told us that uh, one of the reindeer from Santa Claus the movie was actually also in the BBC's Chronicles of Narnia. So that reindeer pulled another Santa <laughs> for another movie. We don't know which one it is. I would like to, I would like to point out when you first told me this. Yes. 
you you failed to mention it was the BBC 1990s version of Chronicles of Narnia, and <laughs> my mind automatically went to the Disney version from like the early 2000s, and it was like a full day later when I was like doing the math in my head is wait a second that was like 20 years later what's the lifespan of a reindeer and then you uh yes then you clarified it for me and I, I appreciated that yeah so uh when the book comes in and I have a chance to read it we'll talk a little bit more about um Tilly Smith and her history with the reindeer and a little bit more about the reindeer now one thing that they do at that Cangorm is they actually have a program where you can adopt a reindeer and that really helps them with the cost of you know all of their expenses it helps pay for all of their expenses because this is a place in normal that pre-covid times well i mean i guess you can go now but anyway um what they did is you can go and see their free range reindeer up in person you know up and close and see what they're like in real life so you can adopt a reindeer there and it really kind of helps them out and you get a reindeer the website for them will be in our description along with our website now in the past couple of shows we also mentioned how the miniature sleigh and santa and reindeer were up for auction at a big hollywood prop auction they kind of got lost in the shadows because this was the auction that they were auctioning off the original Santa and Rudolph puppet from the Rankin Bass special. Right. And that went for like over $300,000. I have no idea what the Santa Claus the movie Slay went for. I even signed up for an account with this auction site so I could like look at the, or what I, I thought I could look at the results of past auctions, but I can't find how much it went for. So if you got that Slay, congratulations. And we also noticed after the fact, after we recorded, that there were also two other Santa Claus the movie props up for auction and been saved the images because I believe they've disappeared from the site now. Mm-hmm. One was an elf bed. I wonder if it was the same elf bed that was touring uh, various Planet Hollywoods reportedly Maybe. back in the 90s. I wouldn't be surprised, I, but who knows how many elf beds they saved. Yeah, and the or elf- who knows what happened to them after the movie. I mean... That would be kind of a disappointment just to have them all broken down and used for firewood. (laughs) Maybe maybe throughout the UK, people's like, uh, like guest rooms have (laughs) elf beds. Oh, if you have an elf bed for a guest room, you need to let me know. I'm coming and I'm going to rent out that room. Airbnb. Yeah. I, I, I hope they still have the flipping name on the front of the bed. It's like, oh, yeah. it's, it's Snood's bed. I'm going to sleep in Snood's bed. And then tomorrow night, I'm going to sleep in, I don't know, Groot's bed. And because I'm just going to keep flipping the name tag all day. And the other piece of Santa Claus memorabilia that was up for auction was the screen worn costume David, David Huddleston wore. Not the Santa suit, not the classic red. No. Santa suit. I'm sure that's the crown jewel of somebody's collection. But it was the Uncle Claus peasant woodcarver clothes he wore when he first entered the elf workshop from the beginning of the movie. Yeah, we have images of those. We 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 uh, screenshotted them from the website before they were taken down. So they will be on our website so you can check them out if you want to. Also, we have to welcome any listeners who discovered us through the Facebook group that we just discovered called We Love Santa Claus the Movie. 
So welcome if anybody has started listening to us from that Facebook group. I don't know if anybody has, but this is a shout out to you guys on the Facebook group. John is living on that group. <laughs> well, it's not the most active Facebook group, but there are some people with very impressive Santa Claus the movie collections. I'm very jealous of what so, they so, have. <laughs> so now we know who the competition is on eBay. Yeah, don't for these share things. anything you find on eBay to that group until after you've purchased it. <laughs> but I showed you the picture of this guy's uh, collection of Santa Claus the movie memorabilia. Mm -hmm. And there was a set of little figurines, not from the McDonald's or anything. But remember that set that has like Dooley and Anya and Patch? Uh-huh. It's like uh -huh. that, that. that's now our holy grail. Yeah. But those can't be very common. I imagine once people popped them out of the package, it's like, how would you know that's from Santa Claus the movie? Yeah, I don't think you would. No. And like we said at the top of the show, it's close to Thanksgiving here in the USA. And one of the American traditions is the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade that happens every year. It is happening this year in a different form in 2020 well, Cor kind coronavirus of. <laughs> edition for us who never attend the macy's thanksgiving day parade for us it's going to be no different <laughs> now one of my favorite pastimes is going on to youtube there are dedicated macy's fans out there mm -hmm. and on youtube you can watch like the full-length parade from years going all the way back to you know when we were kids right like the early 80s but believe it or not, even though Santa Claus movie was released Thanksgiving of 1985 and a significant part of the movie takes place in New York, there was nothing Santa Claus the movie related in the 1985 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I feel like that is a huge oversight. I don't know why they didn't have our Santa Claus be Santa Claus that year. <laughs> well, you know, maybe they couldn't afford to put David Huddleston on a float outside for four hours. They could afford it. <laughs> But, you know, they could have had, I don't know, the reindeer from the movie, maybe. Mm -hmm. Well, no, they'd have to bring them all the way to America. Yeah. They should. They could have dressed, like, people up in the Santa movie elf costumes, right? Yeah, they could have done a lot. But I'm sure during the commercial breaks of the 1985 parade, they must have had, like, the commercials for the movie and the Happy Meals. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And whatnot. Yeah. But we found something recently on eBay that connects to Macy's. Do you know what I'm talking about? John found an apron, hand towel, and potholder set from Santa Claus the Movie that was sold at Macy's originally. He found it on eBay, and we are now the proud owners of said apron, hand towels, and potholders. So now we have to figure out what we're going to do with them because John was going to cook in them. And we decided that was a bad idea because they are collector's items. So now we have to figure out what we're going to do with them. But it was a pretty good find because we had never seen these before. And apparently uh, nobody else has either. So, <laughs> And they're preserved with the original Macy's price tags on them. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> and, it, you know, we'll have a picture on our website, but just so you can picture them in your head. They're white and they have the, the elf-made... Yeah. logo on them yeah so if you didn't know what santa claus the movie was um you probably wouldn't know what they were anyway <laughs> well one last thing before we actually dive into minute 35 we have to talk about the movie premiere mm -hmm. the usa premiere of santa claus the movie was at the zegfield 
Theater in New York City on November 20th, 1985. Now, sadly, if we go to New York now, we won't be able to walk by the Zeigfeld Theater. Um, it was a single-screen movie theater located at 141 West 54th Street in Midtown Manhattan, New York City. It opened in 1969 and closed in 2016. Aw, what a bummer. But the theater underwent a major renovation and reopened in October 2017 as a luxury event space oh. called the Zigfield Ballroom. So there's that. And then there was a premiere party at the Tavern on the Green in New York City, very well-known restaurant. In attendance from what I could find, I, I found a handful of pictures. Of course, David Huddleston was there. I found a picture and the caption was, David Huddleston and date. So I don't know who accompanied <laughs> David Huddleston to the premiere of Santa Claus the movie. I'm going to send you a picture right now. Without the Santa Claus costume and beard, he looks nothing like Santa Claus. <laughs> and I'll also show you it. Uh, and the picture will also include a picture of his date as well. All right. Yeah. I mean, you can barely even tell. <laughs> I wouldn't know that was him if I saw him at all. I mean, if you just showed me this picture, I would not have known that that was David Huddleston. You could buy this for $499 in a big uh, 30 by 40 inch print. Also in attendance were John Lithgow, of course, mm -hmm. Dudley Moore and his son Patrick. But also going to the same press site, this is like an archive of pictures that it's intended for people who publish magazines and newspapers to buy these to publish. Mm -hmm. Also in attendance tonight was David Bowie, Yoko Ono, Ron Howard and his wife Cheryl, Major League Baseball right fielder David Winfield and his wife Tanya Turner, and tennis player Jimmy Connors and his wife Patty. I'm sure there were others in attendance, but these are pictures that we can pinpoint to this premiere. That is an interesting group of people. <laughs> And jumping across to the UK, there was a UK royal premiere. It was at the Odeon Cinema in Leicester Square, London, November 26, 1985. Now, this was notable, and most of the pictures relating to this event are of this one particular guest who was there. Princess Diana attended. Wow. I have seen some sources that say attended with Prince Charles, but I have not seen any <laughs> Prince Charles pictures. It's all Princess Diana at the UK royal premiere of Santa Claus the movie. Dudley Moore was in attendance with his girlfriend, Brogan Lane, who later became his third wife. And Ringo Starr and his wife were there as well. Barbara Bach were also in attendance at their UK royal premiere. Isn't that, isn't that something? Very interesting. I thought, I thought you'd... I'd like to know who was in attendance. Yeah, it's it's amazing who was there, actually. I mean, they must have really thought this was going to be a big, huge movie. I would love to see the full guest list yeah. on both the New York premiere and the UK royal premiere. Mm -hmm. But I'm just going off of pictures that exist on the internet. Right. So there you go. Just a little bit of trivia. And that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Santa by the Minute. Oh, we haven't even got to the minute yet. I mean, no, it's a whole episode's worth of uh, talking, and we haven't even gotten to the minute yet. Well, this is a bonus double-sized episode for the 35th anniversary. <laughs> okay, so let's strap in and go into minute 35 of Santa Claus the Movie. 
The first three seconds of this minute begin with the little girl crying as the brother yells. And we also hear meowing there. Did you hear that? Yeah, it's a very, a very fake sounding meow. <laughs> like it doesn't sound like the cat is really in, uh, in that much uh, pain or torture with that meow. But and then it slowly fades into Sarah and her cat sound asleep, purring away in her bed. Now I have tried to find out who the actor and actress were who played the girl and the boy, the brother and the sister. And I have not found any, any concrete answer. There is a uncredited credit on IMDb, but those are always pretty dubious. Mm -hmm. So I'm not even going to mention it here. I, I'm like 99% sure this is just somebody adding whatever to IMDb. <laughs> Be like, I, just, I just kept running around in circles on that credit. So if you played Sarah or her brother in Santa Claus the movie, send us an email, santabytheminute at gmail.com. <laughs> we would love to have you on the podcast. Or if you recognize them. Oh, yeah, if you know <laughs> who played Sarah or her that, little brother. That might be more apt to get a response if we just have someone who recognizes them as opposed to them themselves. Well, maybe the, the actress now would be like, gee, I wonder if anybody remembers my role in Santa Claus the movie. <laughs> we do, Sarah. So uh, quickly, before we go on with what you see in the movie minute, I have a little bit from the book that goes between the fade out of Sarah crying and hearing the boy to her laying in bed with her cat. Okay, go ahead. Okay. During dinner, Sarah picked fitfully at her turkey and yams, staring unhappily at her brother, too worried about her favorite pet to enjoy the feast. After dinner, she hurried to her room and scribbled a letter, her tears dripping onto the parchment as she wrote, making the ink run and blur. But I'm not going to get into what the letter said until a little bit later, because now it's moving into this, but... um. So she finished writing the letter and then she then she put on her nightgown and climbed into bed, curling up with Tabby safe in her arms. She quickly fell asleep. Oh, the cat had a name. Tabby. Tabby. <laughs> Tabby the Tab Cat. <laughs> well, that's a good segue into me referencing CinemaCats.com once again. Yes. So she is laying there with Tabby. Mm-hmm. And CinemaCats.com says, quote, It would appear this is not the same cat actor from the previous scene, as this cat appears to be a tabby with a little less white. So in the context of the movie, it's supposed to be the same cat. Yes. But CinemaCats.com seems to believe, and I'm inclined to believe them, that this is a different cat sleeping with Sarah in this scene. Let me, well, let's the cat's see. not even sleeping. She's just laying there it's purring. purring, yeah. Let me see. I'm going to bring up the other cat and this cat and put them side by side here on my screen. And I'm going to look. Cinema Cats is correct. Why would you doubt CinemaCats.com? Well, because the shot of this second cat that's sleeping with her is so dark. I didn't see how they could possibly come up with that. But they are 100% correct because the first tabby cat in the last minute had white paws. All four were white 
and the one laying with Sarah in bed, you can see the back paw on the bed, and it is not white. And the tabby that the boy is grabbing has white all around the neck, and you can't see the white on the face or the neck of this one that she is hugging. So, Cinema Cats, I'm sorry I doubted you. You are correct. They are different cats. Before I leave cinemacats.com, I want to read one more sentence from the site. I think it's a unintentional pun, but you know me and puns. <laughs> yes, yeah. And this skips ahead a little bit, but um, I just have to read this before closing Cinema Cats. This turns out to be the catalyst for Santa only bringing toys to good boys and girls. Good job, Cinema Cats. Very nice. <laughs> so during this, you know it's nighttime, and Henry Mancini kicks in on the soundtrack very appropriately with Silent Night. And you know what that means, Ben? You know what I'm going to whip out now? More music facts. So Silent Night. The music was composed in 1818 by Franz Xavier Gruber, who I believe also went on to become the villain in Die Hard. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) Courtesy laugh. (laughs) With lyrics by Joseph Moore. The version sung by Bing Crosby in 1935 is the 21st best-selling single of all time. Wow. (laughs) I love your reactions. Every time I whip out some trivia, there's like three seconds of awkward silence and then, wow. Because as though you you have put in a lot of work looking up all this information, but I will forget it 30 seconds after you tell me. (laughs) I'm not only just telling you. I know, you're telling everyone. I know, I know. It. I am, I did not know that Silent Night was 200 years old, though. That's pretty impressive that it's still around. Next, we see the letter on the desk addressed mm-hmm. to Santa Claus. And then, I'm guessing this is magical stardust. Do you think this is the same stardust that makes the reindeer fly, which levitates the letter magically off the desk and flies it up the chimney? Yeah, um, yeah I have a little bit about about this as well from the book but i wanted to point out on the desk she has an hourglass and it looks just like the one that they show all the time in the montage how doesn't did I... have any writing on it but it's there how did i miss that <laughs> so i thought it was cool that she had an hourglass i know in the context of the movie this is the magical dust Something magical, because you see, like, the twinkling pixie dust. But I think to pull off this effect, this looks like a real letter. And since it's so dark, I bet it's a letter on a string. Oh, yeah, probably. Up until it flies up the chimney. Yeah. Um, According to the book, as she slept, a gentle breeze slipped through the flue of her bedroom's fireplace, catching up the piece of parchment in invisible hands. The magical breeze, which searched the world each night for letters such as hers, bore the parchment sheet back to the fireplace and straight up the chimney. And there it goes. So it's a magical breeze that searched the world each night for letters to Santa Claus. You know, I really like that. Mm -hmm. 
because usually in Santa War, it's the good old U.S. Postal Service that brings the letters <laughs> to Santa. Like in the Rankin and Bass, Santa Claus is coming to town, or Miracle on mm-hmm. 34th Street. Mm-hmm. But I, I like the idea because, you know, this, of course, would predate the Postal Service. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is a very magical, very clever way of how the letters get to Santa. Yep. So the envelope comes up through the chimney. We see the snow-covered house, and it looks like a church off in the distance, the steeple of a church. Oh, yeah, I was still in the room. I was looking around in a room. <laughs> I was seeing if there are any details I missed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, it does look like there's a church right next door to her house. And then her letter joins the breeze blowing all the letters off to Santa mm-hmm. magically. And I think these are all, like, hand-drawn animated and then yeah. superimposed in the shot. Because yeah. I get that vibe, like, you know, animated, like, of the era like Roger Rabbit or Pete's Dragon mm-hmm. combining live action and animation. These cannot be real letters floating around. No, if you stop her le- this letter, I think it's Polly supposed to be hers. Uh, right as it's going by, you can tell that that is a drawn piece of paper. The letters are now seen high above the North Pole workshop and going down a chimney. And there they go. When we were watching this real quick... Um, before we started recording, it dawned on me, is this just a faux fireplace? Like, how are the elves staying warm in this office? Because every time we see it with the letters coming down in the previous shot and this one, it's not, there's no fire there. How are they staying warm in this office in the North Pole where it's freezing? And I had no that in fire. my notes as well. <laughs> <laughs> there is some firewood by this fireplace, yeah. so it seems to have been an active fireplace at one point. So I think this is the same room we saw earlier, but they, the scenes were edited in in a different order. I'm going to guess this was intended to be like, oh, business is picking up so much. The letters are just pouring in. Mm-hmm. So uh, according to the book, um, that the letters are supposed to... Uh, spiral down until it is sucked in through the flue of Dooley's own fireplace and land squarely in a bin marked incoming mail. Now, they did not follow through with this in the movie. They just plop down into the fireplace. That's why I suspect this was intended to be a scene where Dooley and these handful of other elves, there's only like four other elves in this shot. Yeah. You know, they can keep up with like the letters just trickling in. Yeah. But now, like, they are getting flooded with letters from all over the world. I also want to point out, even though we saw a mixture of envelopes and scrolls going down the chimney, they are all scrolls coming into the (laughs) office right now. There are no envelopes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So Dooley is up on a, I wouldn't say a perch, but he's up at a higher desk than everybody else. Mm Mm-hmm. There are two elves writing in a giant book. This book is so giant, there's a stepladder leaning up against one of the pages of the book. Yeah, according to the book, this is an enormous ledger that now reached ceiling to floor in which he carefully recorded every child's toy request. I was wondering what that was because it is not legible at all, either in the DVD version or in the high-definition version on Peacock (laughs) TV. I I would think that... um. Looking at how it is written there, I mean, granted, I'm not looking at the high-def version. Um, they probably don't need it quite as big if they wrote a little bit smaller. 
So there are two elves tending to the giant book, and mm-hmm. then two other elves sitting at another desk, and they are pawing through, like, big, thick books. Not, like, floor-to-ceiling-sized books, but, like, thick, like, dictionary-type books. Or mm-hmm. encyclopedias, maybe. I'm assuming they also are keeping track of kids' requests or addresses or something. Yeah, I don't know exactly what they are doing because they they are not mentioned at all. In in the book, it is only Dooley and his one assistant. Uh, the other guys are not mentioned in the book at all. But apparently he is recording 598 dolls and 74 hoops, etc. So... They're writing down a lot. So then Dooley and the four others all rush over to the fireplace where all those scrolls are. And then it cuts straight to Anya reading the letter. I am sure he hurts the poor little kitten. And when I cry, he just laughs at me. Yours sincerely, Miss Sarah Foster. And she starts off with, I am sure she hurts the poor. Now in the book... Um, the letter actually has a little, I have the beginning of the letter. Anya starts reading halfway through and then I have the beginning. So Sarah wrote, dear Santa Claus, I do not ask for a present for myself this Christmas. I ask only that you make my brother stop being cruel to my cat Tabby. And then I'm going to assume it picks up where Anya picks up here in the movie. So I started off on the close-up of Anya reading the letter. And then it's revealed that Dooley is standing there, like, over her shoulder. And Claus is peeling carrots. With a knife. It's not like a traditional peeler that we would use now. He's using, like, a knife. And Anya and Claus are both wearing their casual clothes. Claus in his polka dot yellow apron and poofy sleeves. And this is also a very good shot, probably one of the best shots of the movie, where you can see the living quarters of Claus and Anya, because in the background you can see their little... Uh, sleeping area yeah you can see everything you can see the the mirror the sleeping area you can see their tables their i mean everything basically it really gives you a good shot i'm surprised they have their own little kitchen area considering there is a designated chef on duty here at the (laughs) north pole like we don't eat we don't want to eat groot's garbage (laughs) i don't know maybe maybe it's just to give anya some anya and, and claws santa some um sense of you know this is their own space you know what i mean and the minute ends with anya saying you are quite right i have some in the book here late in the day santa claus and anya sat finishing a meal of hearty soup freshly baked bread and enjoying a quiet evening together in their snug kitchen they glanced up in surprise as someone knocked on their door santa answered the door and found Dooley there, clutching a single letter in his hand. The elderly elf said respectfully, I hate to disturb you, sir, but I think this letter needs some extra attention. Santa beckoned him inside as Anya appeared in the kitchen doorway. So this is obviously their apartment is set up slightly different than it is in the book. Santa sat down in his armchair before the crackling fire, put on his spectacles, and began to read the letter. A frown of concern spread over his face, and he held the letter out to Anya, and he sat pensively while waiting for her to read the letter in turn. So this happened totally different in the book than in the movie. One last thing to note here is that the book revealed the little girl's name 
before we found out about it in this minute. Yes. And, of course, we just heard Anya read the last name. The girl's full name is Sarah Foster. Right. For the record, that is that is a little girl's name. And we'll find <laughs> out next week what this all plays. This is a major moment in Santa history we're about to witness. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But you'll have to come back next week to find out what that is, even though the cinema cats already spoiled it for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Any other notes this minute? I do have one more brief note that there is no patch. Patch is not present for this minute. Oh, there was not a patch in here, was there? Nope. Um, no, I don't have anything else. I just, I just liked that um, I have the book so that I can see how things may have been in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, kind of like their original ideas. And to see how they kind of changed it a little bit for the movie. I think it's really neat. Like, I think I like the movie... I think I like the book version of this better than the movie version of this particular scene. Like, I would have liked to see Santa sitting there in his in his chair, like recliner chair with his little glasses on, reading the letter. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that would have been so cool. But I don't have any complaints about the movie version. I just kind of think I would have liked the book version a little bit better. So we hope everyone enjoyed this special extended edition of Santa by the Minute in honor of the 35th anniversary of Santa Claus the Movie. Very extended. I think this may be close to one of our longest episodes ever. <laughs> As always, you can send us an email, SantaByTheMinute at gmail.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Santa Minute. As always, we post a brand new episode each and every Wednesday, and each and every episode you can listen to. Hop-free!